Hallelujah, God, as we give you a high praise because you deserve it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we praise your name. Yeah. All the glory. And all the praise, oh, Lord, we praise your name. It's a real simple praise to God. Help me say, hallelujah, say, hallelujah. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, we praise your name. We praise your name. Father, we give you all of the glory, all the glory, and all the praise. Oh Lord, oh Lord, we praise your name. Now that you have to live it loud and say Hallelujah, 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 Lord. Hallelujah. Oh.
Praise the Lord. Uh, some quick announcement. This coming Sunday is our church anniversary. So let's make plan to be here and invite somebody to come. Let's come and celebrate the goodness of God in our church. This church has been in existence for 98 years. So we want you to be a part of that celebration. Amen. Also, for our giving, we encourage you to give at least $1 for every year of our existence. So if the Lord enable you, that will be $98. If you don't have $98, you give whatever you have. Amen. All minds clear? And pray that we will have a great worship experience at 8 and at 10 o'clock. Also, I want to say thank you to those of you that help us to drive to Laplace to help our brothers and sisters down south who are going through the storm. Your church gave very cheerfully and many of you also donated items, clothing, food. So we loaded up. Uh, you can see all the pictures in our social media what your church is doing. Uh, we are grateful to those of you that volunteers to do that for us. Please, that's not going to be the ending. We still have a lot more to do for our brothers and sisters down south. If you recall, we have pastors and ministers, people that grew up in this church. They are now in New Orleans area, in Baton Rouge. So we we connect with them to identify churches. So if you remember the way we do this before, we just give thousands of dollars to Red Cross. Um, one time we sent a lot of money to Haiti, uh, $10,000, $23,000 to give to people down south around Lake Charles area. Uh, this time what we want to do is to get our hands dirty. So rather than just sending money to another organization, we want you to go there and experience what it means to build, what it means to feed, what it means to distribute. So, so we're asking you to make yourself available. Uh, we have Minister Moore 
if you remember Minister Moore, she's affiliated with Jesse Duplantis Church in New Orleans. So they're connecting us with other churches. We have also Minister Carla Joseph. I mean, we are blessed to have contacts down there so we don't have to, to be struggling in that regard. And it's important we do this thing because to whom much is given, much is required. So this is, this is a good thing. So don't get tired of giving. Let's do it for the glory of God. Amen. All minds clear. Finally, I want to say thank you to all of our guests. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us this morning to worship. After our worship experience, please stop by the guest center in the lobby. We have a gift for you. That's our way of saying thank you for joining us to worship this morning. Amen. I'm going to ask the choir to minister to us, then I'll come back in and teach. All right?
St. John chapter 8 verses 2 through verse 11. Let's read. And early in the morning he came again into the temple and all the people came unto him and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what seest thou? These they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him but Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground, and they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself, and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, we are those that accuse us. Had no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Please remain standing as we pray. Our Father and our God, we are grateful for a beautiful day. This is the day the Lord has made it. By faith, we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. 
Holy Spirit will welcome you to our presence today. I'm always mindful that this is your church. These are your sheep. I ask that you will minister to us in a very special way. Have your way in our worship experience today. Now I'm going to step back that you may step up. Touch us and heal us. Save us and deliver us today. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you for a few minutes on the subject titled, An Encounter with God. An Encounter with Almighty God. Let me begin by saying to you that one encounter with God will transform your life. One genuine, serious encounter with God will change your destiny. The Bible is full of examples of what I'm talking about. Remember Abraham? He was just an ordinary brother. But one encounter with God changed his destiny. God showed showed up and told him, leave your country. Leave your kindred. Go to a place that I will show you. And if you will be obedient in return, I will bless you. And guess what happened to him? He was obedient. He left. And God honored his word. The Bible says he became father of nations. Hallelujah. The Lord celebrated him here on earth and also even in heaven. On earth, the Bible says he was rich in silver and gold. In heaven, you remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus. The Bible said the rich man cried out, said, please, I wish that Abraham would send one of his servants to go back to the earth and warn my own brothers and sisters. So you can see Abraham was decorated on earth. Even in heaven he have servants. Hallelujah. He was decorated on earth and he was decorated in heaven. An encounter with God will enhance your destiny. Ladies and gentlemen, you remember the story of Mr. Moses. Moses was keeping his father-in-law sheep. Am I right about it? And in the middle of nowhere in the desert, God showed up. He had an encounter with God. He saw the bush burning, but not consumed. Good God Almighty. 
I'm talking about the power of an encounter with God. The result, ladies and gentlemen, Moses became pastor of more than two million people. An encounter with God will change your destiny. Moses was so blessed that when he died, God himself buried him. You know you're something when God had to be a pallbearer at your funeral. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory be to God. I just want to shout. <laughs> God himself showed up and said, this, this man. I'm. Ladies and gentlemen, an encounter with God is crucial for you to make a difference in this world. You remember a young man by the name Gideon? He's just a teenage boy sitting under the tree, minding his own business. God showed up. And God told him, you are a man of value. Gideon said, you got to be kidding. I'm the least person in my tribe. My house is the least in that tribe. We are broke, busted, and disgusted. How can I be a man of valor? And you remember the result from that encounter. He won victory in a major battle. With only 300 people, he was able to defeat the enemy. What 22,000 people could not do. He did it with 300 folks. That's what happened when you have an encounter with Almighty God. I will submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, every great story that you know of, that you read of, in this world, every great story is traceable to an encounter with God. I pray that you will have an encounter with God today. Ladies and gentlemen, Solomon was another brother. He was just worshiping God and giving, sacrificing. It impressed God so much that God showed up. He had an encounter with God. God told him, hey, boo, ask me for anything. I'll give it to you. Hallelujah. You know the result of that. Solomon became the richest on this planet Earth. He became the wisest. Do you know what it means for you to be the smartest person in the neighborhood? Amen. I used to, when I, uh, early in my marriage, my wife was concerned about me, you know. She's always worried about how I dress, how I look. There's a store here. I think they're called Weiss and Gory. And they, they, they would call me and they say, look, Pastor, you have incredible anointing. But your dress, 
needs to be enhanced. And I will listen, I will pretend as if I don't speak English. I heard what they said. And you know, at least I would listen to my wife. But in my spirit, I want to be like Apostle Paul. He said, I've not come to you with eloquence of speech. I don't have enticing word to share with this community. But I've come to demonstrate the power of God. I'm talking about having an encounter with Almighty God. Ladies and gentlemen, you remember the story of Saul. Saul was a persecutor. Saul angry with Christians. He was chasing them down. But he had an encounter with God on the road to Damascus. Am I still in the book? And the result, ladies and gentlemen, Saul became Apostle Paul. He became a preacher. Jesus showed up, said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? That encounter changed his life forever. He ended up writing two thirds of the New Testament. All of the epistles, Paul wrote it. In fact, if you're going to be any kind of pastor, any kind of preacher, there's no way your ministry will succeed without having to say, Paul said. That's what an encounter with God would do for you. Paul has been long dead. 2,000 years later, we are still talking about Paul. Paul said, Paul said, Paul said. That's If you really want your life to count, it's not going to be your career. It's not going to be your profession. It's not going to be your title or your position. One encounter with God will change your destiny. I got some good news. The good news is that every one of you here, those of you who are watching on television, those of you who are listening to me on radio, those of you who are live streaming from nations, believe me when I tell you, every one of us, we are a candidate for divine encounter. I am excited about what God's going to do in your life if you cooperate with God. Ladies and gentlemen, the passage I read to your hearing today is about a woman who had an encounter with Almighty God. It is the same thing I'm hoping that you will have. In the name of Jesus. Let me give you a, a quick background as to what happens to this woman. You see, there's a group in Israel called the scribes. Another group is called the Sadducees. Another group is called the Pharisees. Many of these people, 
They hate Jesus Christ. There's a reason why they hated him. They hated him, number one, because he was becoming popular. Much more popular than them. I can stop them preach because the moment God started to promote you, some people will hate your guts. I'll be honest with you, I had no enemy until the Lord began to promote me. <laughs> they couldn't stand his popularity. They were jealous of what God is doing in the life of Jesus Christ. Be careful who you hang around. There are people with spirit of jealousy. Here you are, the Lord bless you with a new car. They're jealous about it. Here you are, you just got promoted on your job. They start rolling their eyes. Your children got admission to go play football, basketball somewhere. Oh, they can't stand it. Be careful of people. Even within the house of God. Some people have, their middle name is Jealous. It's a spirit and you got to deal with it. In the name of Jesus. The Pharisees, they cannot stand the claim of Jesus Christ to be the Messiah of the world. Remember Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. Nobody can get to the Father except through him. The Pharisees cannot stand it. Everybody knew the Messiah is coming. The young, the old, everyone in Israel, you are raised to believe all the struggles you are going through now, one day it will be over. Somebody will come, the Messiah, the Son of God, it will liberate the Jewish people. So they all know the Messiah is coming. What the, the Pharisees cannot stand is the idea that Jesus is the Messiah. So they're going around saying, we got proofs to show everybody he's not the Messiah. What, what are their proofs? Number one, they said in the city of Jericho, they found Jesus hanging out with a short fellow by the name Zacchaeus. A short fellow like this. But they also know Zacchaeus was a, was a bad dude. <laughs> He's a chief sinner. So they could not understand how can the Messiah be hanging out with a crook. It was so bad in their eyes, they said not only did he hang out with Zacchaeus, he went to his house to have dinner. 
Even if he didn't know that Zacchaeus was a crook, if he is truly a Messiah, he should have discerned that Zacchaeus is a no good man. They said we got another proof. Said, Do you remember what Jesus did at the pool of Bethsaida? They said no Messiah acts like that. He showed up. There were a bunch of impotent people around the pool. And there was one man there who has been impotent for 38 years. Jesus showed up. Look at the man and say, sir, do you want to be made whole? The man starts telling story like many of you folk. God trying to heal you. And you're saying, this is not the way we do it in our church. Jesus said to the man, get up. Pick up your bed. And guess what? That man was healed that day. Now, the Pharisees had no problem with people being healed. They have no problem with that. But what bothers them was that that healing was done on a Sabbath. Because that violated their religion, you know. Let me submit to you the greatest problem we have in the Christian world today is a spirit of religion. They come in different fashion, in different shape. It's a religious spirit. They take what God said and add man's opinion to it. That's what religion would do. Ladies and gentlemen, what we need is an encounter with God. They want to blame Jesus for working on Sunday. They said, that's no, no. Some of you went to Israel with me. And I tell you, on Sunday morning, we were starving because everything was closed. I said, huh? I know we're going to eat something. They said, no, they don't work on Sabbath. Man, by the grace of God, I found somebody with donuts. <laughs> yes, Lord. My soul say yes. <laughs> yes, Lord. I ate good. <laughs> it was Sabbath. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, so these people, they came up with a game plan. Because in their spirit, the Pharisees believed he cannot be the Messiah. If he's a Messiah, it must be a fake Messiah. It must be an imposter. So they came up with a plan. And their plan is to get him arrested. Not only to get him arrested, but to get him killed. You'd be surprised how many folks going about trying to kill you. Sometimes they will kill you with their mouth. They wanted to get rid of Jesus Christ. 
So guess what they did? They grabbed a woman who was in the act of adultery. So they dragged her before Jesus Christ. And then they set her up and said, Master, according to the law, by the way, that law is found in the book of Leviticus, chapter 20, verse 10. And that, that law says, is the law of Moses, if you catch anybody in adultery, whether male or female, stone him to death. Kill him. That's what the law is. So they said, Master Jesus, the law said we should stone a woman like this. What do you have to say about it? By the way, that is a setup. They want to set him up. I was sharing with my church this morning that if you are if you are animal lover, we have different breed of dogs. There are some dogs that you can hunt with. There are some dogs that you can use for security. But there are some dogs, they just set us. They won't hunt for you. But they will <laughs> These Pharisees, they're trying to set Jesus up because they know in their knowing that his options, as far as answering, will be one of two. He that is going to say, okay, yes, we need to stone her. Or no, we should not do that. Now, if you say yes, then they know it will get him in trouble. Because in that time in history, the Romans were ruling Israel. And only the Romans can pronounce somebody dead. So if Jesus says, yes, we need to kill this woman, he will be arrested by the Romans. It will be a violation of the law. And if Jesus said, no, let's not kill her, let's have mercy on her, then the Pharisees will say, ladies and gentlemen, you've just heard your so-called Messiah. Guess what he did? He violated the law of Moses. And that will cause the people to reject him because it's a no-no when you violated the Torah, the law. So either way he goes. So it's a setup. Be careful of people who call you their friends. But they're just trying to set you up. I heard the story of a, of a, a minister who got married and on his wedding day, and the, the preacher did all the ceremony and then pronounced them husband and wife, and then he said, you may now salute the bride. And the woman whispered to his ears, he said, I am a witch. I'm sent to destroy you. Be careful of people in your life that are planted 
in your company to destroy you. They will smile in your face. They will stab you at the back. Especially those of you who are pastors listening to me. I beg you in the name of Jesus Christ. You have to walk with both of your eyes open. Not everybody that says, Lord, 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 will go into heaven. The Bible says, even church folks, with your mouth, you honor God, but your heart is far from God. They were trying to set him up. Notice the wisdom of God. Notice how Jesus reacted to that. Jesus said, he said, he who is without sin, you go first. I believe on that day something amazing happened. And what I believe happened was that once Jesus made that declaration, the Holy Spirit go to work. One day I'm going to teach you how God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, how they work together in concert. Even from the book of the beginning, during creation, every time God said, let there be, the Holy Spirit go to work. I believe what happened, using my imagination here, is that the, the, the most senior Pharisee with a big stone in his hand, ready to stone this woman, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit began to move. And the Holy Spirit touched that Pharisee, just like this. All of a sudden, you know he's never been touched by God before. And then, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit began to minister to him. I believe that senior Pharisee had an open vision. And guess what he saw in his vision? He saw a tablet, a big stone tablet, with the commandments written on it. And he's staring at that commandment. He said, oh my God, what is this? He still got a big stone in his hand now. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, read what's in front of you. Then he started to read the first commandment. And then a loud voice from within cried out, guilty. He shook. Then Go to the next one. Read the second commandment. The same voice rise up within him. Guilty. Then he finds himself reading commandments after commandment. And the same voice. Guilty. 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 Now he's scared to death. He's sweating. Guess what happens to the stone in his hand? He dropped the stone. Everybody is staring at him. What means this? You're the most senior Pharisee. 
We came here for a serious business to kill this woman. What's going on here? He dropped the stone, put himself in reverse gear. Do you know human being got reverse gear? The only thing that don't have reverse gear is an aeroplane. There's no reverse gear in an aeroplane. An aeroplane can only go forward. If an aeroplane has to go backward, you have to bring another machine to push it. Now you understand why Paul said, I'm not looking backward. I press towards the mark of high calling. Part of the hold up to progress in America, too many of you, you are consumed with the past. I'm amazed. People, people will tell me I'm not taking the fascination because of what happened in the past. Praise. Praise towards the mark. Move forward. Forgetting those things that are behind you. Praise. Towards the mark of the high calling. This chief Pharisee was convicted in his heart. Drop the stone. Say, I cannot stone this woman. Because he knew that stone will become like a football. If it hits the woman, it will bounce back and hit him also. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible said, from the oldest... To the youngest, every one of them dropped their stone. He who is without sin. Notice what Jesus was doing when that was going on. The Bible said Jesus took, scooped to the ground and he started writing on the ground. Theologians for years, they've been speculating what he was writing. There are books that are published, research work, trying to figure out what was Jesus writing. So I figure since everybody got an opinion, and I, I, I got a doctorate degree too, so I have my own opinion. <laughs> I might as well add mine to it. I believe what Jesus was writing on the ground is the same thing that the Holy Spirit revealed to those Pharisees. I believe Jesus was writing on the ground guilty, 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 guilty. Let me stop by to tell everyone under the sound of my voice, we are all guilty before God. Every one of us. Brother Pastor, how can you say that? I'm glad you asked. The book of Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, All have sinned. Not few of us. I know some of you walk around and see if you holy and the rest of the people are sinners. But the Bible calls you a liar. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that is why this 
idea of having an encounter with God becomes very important. All of us have a disease called sin. An encounter with God will provide a cure through Jesus Christ. I asked the church this question this morning. The Bible says everyone dropped their stone and they all walk away. So I asked my church, I say, was there anybody present on that occasion that is without sin? The reason why I asked that question, you see, it's a tricky question. I'm a college professor, you know. I'm not just a preacher. I teach at college level. And part of my job is not only to help students get information, but to cause them to think. They have a machine called the brain, the intellect. So I want them to get into critical thinking. And I will ask them a question like this. And when I asked my church this morning, all of them said not one was present. Because if you look at the previous information that says all the Pharisees dropped their stone. So you can interpret that to say there was nobody without sin. But the real true answer is that there was one person without sin. His name is Jesus. Brother Pastor, how can you say that? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, He who knew no sin became sin for us. Who is that he? His name is Jesus. Jesus was the only one who is without sin, who was qualified to stone that woman. But notice what happened that day. Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. If church folks ever get the revelation that it don't matter what you have done, it don't matter where you've been, God do not condemn you. Church folks, you condemn each other. But the heart of God is love. The Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 17, God did not send his son to condemn the world. Did you know that? We are busy condemning each other. We are busy trying to put each other down. We have all these denominations fighting each other. Black against white. White against black. Then Hispanics. Join the fight. Everybody just acting ugly towards each other. But Jesus, look at that woman. I do not condemn you. Ladies and gentlemen, that is so important. Back to this woman. Do you remember what happened? The Bible says they drag her, and I can imagine. That they said some ugly things to to her. Just like you say to each other. 
They probably look at her and say, you filthy thing. We're going to get you killed today. They scream and yell at her. You would die. And I'll be honest with you, I was reading this, and I said, oh, I wonder what this woman was doing. I know if it's a black sister, she's going to fight back. Don't let, don't let nobody fool you. Sister Greg going to knock over her wig and duke it out. <laughs> you ain't taking me. <laughs> I'm sure she fight. She resisted. She was pulling back. And the more she pulled back, the more they curse her out. Like some of you curse people out. In a fight, I'm sure she looked around and said, hey, I'm not the only bad person here. You all are just as bad as me. Why are you all trying to kill me? Hey, and you, I know you. You my customer. What? I mean, she, she just, why am I the only one going down? Ladies and gentlemen, the problem with the world today is that we have a spirit of hypocrisy. While we are trying to condemn somebody, we are often just as guilty. Isn't it funny, and I was processing this, that's what theologians do. We'll be trying to analyze. Isn't it funny that they brought her Sisters, there's a lot of things women can do. I, I'm not, I can't take away from sisters. I mean, they can fly to the moon. They can do things even men cannot do. But one thing a woman cannot do, she cannot commit adultery by herself. But isn't it funny that they brought her alone You might be thinking, oh, that was way back 2,000 years ago where the same spirit is still flowing around, even here in America. Why would a woman do the same kind of job but you pay her less? It's a spirit. Look at all the craziness going on in Afghanistan, in Africa, in China, all over the place. Why do you want to treat a woman different? They brought the woman, but the man was not there. It's a spirit. And I see that spirit in among Christians today. You will say somebody no good, but you're just as guilty. I believe today we all need to repent and have an encounter with God. What happened, Jesus asked this woman, where are your accusers? Because they all dropped their stone, they're gone. The woman said, they are all gone. 
And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Nobody is left to condemn you. I'm the only one, Jesus, who can condemn you. But no, that's not my assignment. The Bible said it in the book, in Romans chapter 8. He said there is now, verse 2, there is now no condemnation. The condition for you not being condemned is for you to come to Jesus. Notice what he told her. He said, sin no more. I don't condemn you. I've not come to condemn you. I've come to love on you, redeem you back, reconcile you back to God. But you have to learn to sin no more. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to encourage all of you to have an encounter with God like this woman did. Remember, they throw her to the ground. She was shook up. She was scared. She was fearful. But when she looked up, her eyes connect with that of Jesus Christ. An encounter with God. For the first time in her life, she saw a person who is without sin. For the first time in her life, now she see what true love really is. Everyone that she's been chasing, now she realizes they're nothing but dunks. So she finds herself crying. But this is now tears of joy. Because what she's looking for for years, now she found it in the person of Jesus Christ. And I come to say to somebody today, enough of pretending. I've noticed I'll go from church to church to minister the gospel, and when you open the door of the church, nobody show up when you call for salvation. If you say, I want to pray for all your children, everybody will flood the altar. If I say, I want to pray that God will heal your body, all the altar is flooded. But then when you say, you need to give your life to Jesus Christ, they all stayed in their chairs because they are pretending to be saved when they are not. Billy Graham says something profound that shook me up. He's been to just about every nation on earth to preach. He said, I will be remarkably surprised if 4% of all those converts are truly saved. Millions of people that have responded to invitation period. He traveled from country to country but he knew that many of them are just pretending. Today I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you and speak to your heart that you will have an encounter with God. 
You know what's going on in our community now? People are dying in groves. Wouldn't it be sad that you come to church every Sunday and you still miss heaven? Let me suggest to you, I hate to end up on a, on a sad note. You can be a preacher and still go to hell. You can be pastoring a church of this size or bigger size or lesser size and miss heaven. You can be singing in the church. You can be serving as a deacon, as a deaconess. You are an officer. You hold tight to your whole position and you miss heaven. Pastor, how can you say that? I'm glad you asked. The Bible says on that day, he will look at people's face and they will say, hey, in your name, we got people healed. In your name, we got people saved. In your name, we build big cathedral. And Jesus will look at them and say, I do not know you. As much as I admire you coming to church, as much as I push all of you to pursue, to dream big, to think big. But today I come to tell you, what will it profit a man or a woman if you gain the whole world and you lose your soul? I'm going to ask every one of you to stand to your feet. And I have two invitations to all of you. It's very simple. Everybody here is a candidate for an encounter with God. Don't miss the opportunity for your eyes to connect with that of your Savior. It's easy to be a part of this. To be saying to yourself, Pastor, you're not preaching about me. I've always been faithful to my wife. I've always been faithful to my husband. I've never committed any adultery. Pastor, I've never robbed any bank. Pastor, I've never smoked wee-wee. You ain't preaching about me. But according to the word of God, every one of us, Guilty, guilty, guilty from the pulpit to the pews. Today, I challenge you to come to Jesus Christ. The only one who has power to stone you and me. And the only one who say, no, I've not come to condemn you. It don't matter where you've been. No matter where you, what you've done, I'm here to receive you. I'm here to reconcile you back to, to God. Today I challenge you not to harden your heart. If you're here today and you look deep within you and you notice that you're not even sure whether you are saved or not, don't worry about who is looking at you. They cannot heal you when you are sick. None of these people, their opinion don't count. They will not pay your bills. 
But there is a God who said, My yoke is easy. My burden is light. In a few minutes, I'm going to open the door of the church. And I want you to have the courage to come to Jesus. Come forward. I want to pray with you. Don't let your title fool you. Don't let your position fool you. Don't let the accolade. Every one of us, we need God. And maybe you're here today. In your spirit, you knew maybe you were saved. When you were young, somebody led you to, to, to the altar. Somebody got you baptized. But you want to walk closer with God. God said, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Maybe somebody is here. And you just want to walk closer with God. You know one thing that impressed me this morning, Brother Pastor? The Holy Spirit said, just invite people to Christ. Invite people to Christ. Don't, don't pray for their healing. Don't pray for, for, for more promotion, no, no more money. See? Invite them to Christ. I wanted to tell the Holy Spirit in my devotional period, I said, look, I've been through this route. I'm like Peter. I wanted to tell the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit I've been, we've been fishing all night. I know this river. Nobody will come. But the Holy Spirit surprised me. This morning, this place was packed of people, brothers and sisters. They says, no, I want a closer walk with God. People are saying, I'm not even sure if I'm saved. Then there are people who came down to the altar standing in the gap for their loved one. God showed up one day say, if I can only find 10 people I will save the whole city. All kinds of craziness that is going on in our community. God is looking for some good men, some good sisters that will stand in the gap and say, enough of these premature days. Why should you die before your time? So if you're here today, you want to have an encounter with God. Or you want to stand in the gap for your loved ones. Or you want a closer walk with God. I want you to find your way to the altar right now. Hallelujah. Sing that song, choir.
Father God, we come thanking you this morning, Lord. Thank you for your word, Lord God. For we realize that the word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Father God, we come, Lord, as we heard the word, Lord. You said, let a man examine his own heart, Father God. And Father God, we come this morning and examine our hearts, Lord God. You said, if we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. Lord, there may be some, Lord God, have accepted you, Lord, as their Savior from hell, but haven't allowed you to become Lord of their life on earth. Father God, we come this morning in the name of Jesus. Father God, ask you to touch right now. Father God, help them to have experience with you, Lord God. But realize, Lord God, that you sit high and you look down low. Father God, we call on your name, Lord, because we know, Lord, you're the same yesterday and forever. And we realize, Lord, as we yield ourselves to you, Lord, and allow you to become Lord of our life, Father God. Father God, we can walk in newness of life. Father God, I ask you, Lord God, to just have your way, Lord God. Father God, Lord, I ask you to take out that stony heart and give us a heart of flesh, Lord God. Lord, so we can walk in righteousness, that we can have right standing with you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Father God, I ask you to touch that young man, touch that young woman, Lord God, that has a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Father God, help them to have experience with you, Lord God. Lord God, that they leave, Lord God, and realize, Lord God, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, Lord, that you can come in, Lord God, and Lord, change things in their lives, Lord God. Only you, Lord, got the power, Lord God, to change a man, to change a woman, Lord God. So we come this morning, Lord, yielding ourselves to you, Lord God. We come surrendering all, Lord God, but we realize we can't do nothing without you, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. Father God, we come against every deceiving spirit. We come against every witchcraft spirit. We come against every spirit, Lord God, that will try to keep our people in bondage, Lord God. From the oldest to the youngest, Lord God. That will try to cause them to go astray. Amen. From the word of the from the word of the Lord, Father God. Father God, we speak right now, Father God. In the name of Jesus. We call those things be not as though they were, Father God. Lord God, we speak a turnaround over our children, over our nieces, over our nephews, over our community, over this parish over this church over the United States Father God we cry out before you Lord God in the name of Jesus Father God we speak the word let the power of the Holy Ghost Lord let it convict hearts Lord God as they tune in by airwave Lord God that's no distant in prayer Father God touch them in their bedroom touch them in their kitchen Lord touch them in their living room Father God touch them wherever they at Lord God in the name of Jesus Father God we cry out before you Lord Lord God that they would have an experience with you Lord God in the name of Jesus. And Lord, this day, Lord God, that they would make you Lord of their life. Lord, you said that we confess in our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. And for the God, I stand in the gap, Lord. Lord, I got loved ones that don't know you, Lord God. I got loved ones, Lord, abound in sin. But Lord God, I come before you. I stand in the gap, Lord God. For the God, I ask you to set them free. I ask you to deliver them. 
Lord. Ask you to make them whole, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I come against that drug addiction. I come against alcoholic, Lord. I come against, ah, yeah, Lord. I come against every spirit, Lord, that would have them bound, Lord God. That old deceiving spirit, Lord God. I pray that their eyes be open. I pray that their ears be open, Lord. Lord, give them a change of heart and give them a change of mind, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I speak it and I call it done. I speak it and I call it done over every family represented here this morning, Lord. Lord, that every everyone in their household, Lord, will be saved, will be healed, will be delivered, will be set free, Lord. I plead the blood. I plead the word. I, hey, I plead the name, Lord God, that no weapon, Lord God, form against them shall prosper, Lord God. Oh, Father God, I thank you right now. I thank you right now. Somebody ought to thank him right now. I thank you for the movement of your Holy Spirit. I thank you that hearts are being converted. Oh, Father God, I thank you for a turnaround in the name of Jesus. Lord, not only save them, but Lord, help them, Lord God, to be filled with the Holy Ghost and power, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Let the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord, arrest them right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, you said in your word, Lord, you will do it power, for power on high, Lord. I speak the word. You said out our bellies shall flow rivers of living water. Lord, let that living water begin to flow of every husband, of every wife, of every preacher, of every deacon, of every usher. In the name of Jesus, Father God, help us this morning. As we cry out before you, Lord, Lord God, many are playing church, Lord. But Lord, we come this morning as ambassadors of Christ, as intercessors, Lord God, for the God asking you to have your way, Lord. We cry out mercy, Lord God. Lord, we didn't come for no grocery list, but Lord, we come asking you to move like you did in the day of Pentecost, Lord God. Lord, we need you to move suddenly, Lord. People are dying everywhere, Lord. People are going to hell, Lord. But Lord, I know you're able, Lord God, to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that working in us. Oh, somebody say, I speak power. I speak power over my loved ones. I speak power over my children. I speak power over my community. I speak power over the neighborhood. For the God in the name of Jesus. For the God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for what you have done. We give you all the honor. Come on, lift up your hands. We give you all the praise. When we give you all the glory. I don't know about you, but I got to thank God. Thank God for what he has done. Thank God for what he's doing. Thank God for what he's going to do. We call those things be not as though they were in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, have your way, Lord. Hey, have your way, Lord. Lord, have your way, Lord. In the hey, I feel the Holy Ghost. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Somebody say glory. Somebody say glory. Somebody say glory. Father God, we speak it in the name of Jesus. Father God, have your way. Not only in this church, but surrounding churches, surrounding pastors, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. For the God, as we rise up, Lord, in you. For the God, help us to be an example of the believer, Lord God. 
You said in the last days, the hearts of many shall wax cold. But for the God, we stand in the gap, Lord God. That there be a change of heart. And there be a change of mind, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. For the God, we cry out before you. And for the God, we call it done. Somebody say, we call it done. We call it done. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. And amen. Give God some glory. Give God some honor. And Father God, as we go back, journey to our home, Father God, I ask you to lead us, guide us, and protect us, Lord God. And Father God, I ask you to touch the man and woman of God. Give him strength, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Glory to God.